Get happy. You're in the 830 service. Come on. Come on. You woke up early. You awake in the dawn. You, you, you said, hey, God's got something good for me. I'm going to show up. If you're joining us online, welcome to Hope Point. Man, I love the rowdy 830 service. Come on. I think we need to own that, right? There's an identity in that, right? Like, this is, this is like the vanguard, the elite. These are the people that have done some miles with Jesus, right? Come on. Come on. You know, you know when you come to the 830 service, you know who's your Lord and Savior, right? <laughs> like, I'm getting up early. I'm getting there. Man, look at your neighbor say, winning. Come on. It's good stuff. Come on. God's got something good for you today. Just an amazing church. I want you to know how much I love you. It's such an honor to be here with you. Your beautiful church. And um, I'm just excited to get into the word with you. Are you excited to get into the word of God? Come on. There's so many opinions today, but one thing holds true. The word of God is always good. It's always true, and it will endure forever. Come on, it's all we need. Come on. So I want you to open up your heart right now. Don't worry about what happened during the week. Don't worry about what's going to happen after the service. Just, just, just let's focus on God and determine to meet with him today. Jesus, we come to you, and we are in need. We recognize our need. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge you. We know you're in this place. We ask that you would reveal truth, lead and guide us into all truth. Father, we pray that your spirit would plant your word in our heart, that it would produce fruit. Father, we thank you that you're in this place. And if you're here, man, anything can happen. So we give you honor and praise and glory today, and we honor your word. It's in Jesus' name. We pray all God's people said. Yeah, I said all God's people said. Come on. Come on. So last week, this is the last installment of Take the City. Next week, we're, we're diving into a new series, but I wanted, to, I wanted to finish this up because I believe that there's some things that we still need to get when it comes to how we hear and how we speak and how we talk. And so the title of this message is called Who You Hearing? Because very often what I say comes from what I hear. And, and uh, hello, what, I, what you say comes from what you hear. And too often we're dialed into the wrong frequency. So I don't know, uh, you know, my, my first car was a 65 Mustang and it had like an old turn dial, you know, does anybody, yeah, we got some people, this is 830, of course you do, the turning dial, right? You, you know what I'm talking about? You had to find the right frequency, otherwise you're getting static. Anybody there, it's poor auto-tune and all the rest, come on. So, so, so sometimes we're not dialed into the right frequency. And uh, last week I used this scripture. I'm going to use it again because it was powerful, and I want to I focus in on one word. It's Hebrews 4.2. For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did, but the message they heard was of no value to them because those who heard it did not mix it or combine it with faith. Both words simultaneously used. The, the Greek for mix or, 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 um, or combine, that, that original word is sukeranomi. Uh, and, and the root of it basically means this. It's the totality of everybody together is one. It's, it's, it's complete 
unity like an organic material. So what God's saying is when you combine his word with your faith organically, like it's a part of who you are, like I got it, I receive it, it's natural, then something comes alive and the word is able to be released with faith. When we don't do that, then, then we miss the benefit of the word. Hear me. We miss the benefit of the word. So what God, what, what, what the author of Hebrews is trying to communicate to us is I want you to mix everything you got with all of my word. And, and I want it to be so natural and organic that it just produces fruit in your life. Okay. And you have to decide if you're going to receive it and you're going to go, hey, I'm mixing my faith with the word of God here today, and I'm going to let it produce something. Or you can say, hey, good word, heard it, great, uh, moving on. Depends on what you want to do with it. But, but, but it will be of no value without your faith releasing it. Anybody out there listening? It will be of no value, and that's, that, that's amazing because Isaiah says that, that the word of God will achieve the purpose for which he sent it. So, so, so what's the difference between, it's not on God's end. It's not on God's end. The, the, the word is always powerful. Your, your, the, whether you receive and benefit from it will, will be determined by whether your faith plugs into it and you mix it. Are you with me? Where, whether you combine it as if, it as if you walked out of here and it was a part of you. You got me? If you're with me today, so, so, so that word is important. Jesus said uh, uh, that, that we don't live by bread alone in Matthew 4, 4. But by every word, somebody say every word. Every word, not even the ones we don't like, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And this is really important because literally Hebrews 1 says that the whole world, I want you to think about our, our universe, our globe, our earth is suspended in space because God spoke it. Are you hearing me? That, that, that everything is upheld by the power of his word. Our very existence, we, we, in him, we live, we move, we breathe, we have our being. Are you with me? So, so his word even constitutes the, more, the, the fabric of who we are. That, that his word is what's combining your cells together, right? Because when he said, let there be light, and he started creating, he put into motion something that said, I am holding. The Bible says all things in Colossians are held together in Christ. That, 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 my, that my mental health, that my emotional health, that my spiritual health, that my physical health, that my physical body is literally held together by the word of Jesus Christ. When he said, let there be light, and then he spoke a word over you. That doesn't just hold you together, but opens your lifestyle up to living as he determined by his word. That there's a spiritual life that happens when we come alive when we hear the word of God. That, that abundant and eternal life can be accessed through his word in Jesus Christ. And literally, we access supernatural life through his word. Isaiah 54, 17 says this, no weapon formed against you will prosper. Hello, no weapon, no weapon formed against you. And every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you will condemn or refute. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. So if you're a servant of God here today, this is your lineage that literally you always win. Remember I said, for we always have victory, 1 Corinthians 15, in, through Jesus Christ. So, so, so we don't lose. We don't know how to lose. As believers, it's just a delayed victory. 
Let's flip the script. As, as believers, it's a delayed victory. That, that Jesus already bought it, paid for it. We're just walking in it, haven't yet seen everything yet. But I love this word because the root of that word, condemn, it means to declare guilty, to inflict punishment. I love this. To fight in such an effective manner that the enemy suffers defeat or loss because of his guilt. So when it says that every tongue that rises against you will be silenced, you will condemn. What it's saying is every word that does not line up. Oh, this is so good. Every word that does not line up with the word of God in your life. Doesn't matter what, what, what your mama said. Doesn't matter what your daddy said. Doesn't matter what your granddad said. Doesn't matter what your friend said, your coworkers. Doesn't matter what you say. What matters is that if it does not line up with the word of God, then through Jesus Christ, you have the authority. You have the authority to say, I declare you guilty, you accuser. I declare you guilty, you liar. I declare you guilty. I'm going to inflict punishment on you. I'm going to ransack your kingdom. You will suffer defeat because what you are saying, the basis of what you are saying is no longer true because anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. You're talking about something that happened yesterday. I'm in today. I don't live in yesterday. I only live in today. Are you hearing me? Too many Christians put up with the wrong dialogue because they're tied into the wrong frequency. Right? Too, too, too many times we put up with the wrong dialogue because you never turned into the right frequency. And what this is saying is no weapon in every tongue, there isn't one word that can come against you. Not one that Jesus didn't give you victory over. So God gave you the authority. You know what's interesting? Michelangelo, painter of the Sistine Chapel, when he was uh, employed by the Medici family, he, he, he was a struggling artist. And so a friend of his said, hey, I've got this commission. Um, uh, he wants an antiquity, like an old Greek-Roman uh, artifact, um, which at, at his time was over a thousand years old. And so Michelangelo was actually known uh, early on just to be able to eat to uh, fabricate fakes. He would fabricate fake artifacts. He would fabricate fake busts and uh, statues uh, from Rome in Greece, and he would make them look like the original. And he was so good at it that, um, that nobody uh, rarely questioned him. But this one, one time, he, 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 took some, he, he, he made this fake bust and he put some dirt, some really acidic dirt on it and soil and marred it all up to make it look really, really old. And he did it for a cardinal. He actually did it for a guy. The guy that, that he was selling it to was a, was, was a priest. And the priest found out that it was, that it was fake. And, and he didn't even, he didn't even uh, take Michelangelo to court. He said, it's so good. I don't even care. Like, it's so good. And it was actually presented uh, with all these other works of art. Charles I, the king of England, actually bought it and, and had it in his palace. That's how many years it survived. And, and, and what I want to tell you is, and this is so important when it comes to words in your life. It's so important when it comes to words in your life. If you don't, the, the enemy loves to smear some truth on top of a lie to make it look good. You know, the, the whole bust is a lie. Now, the dirt's true. Soil is true. It's eaten away at the bust. But, but the enemy loves to put a little truth on, on top of a lie to make it look good. 
so that it seems authentic to you and it seems real. But you need to know, you have to have discernment to be able to go, that isn't the word of God over my life. See, the problem is if we don't know the word, then we won't know what's a lie. If you don't know what the real thing looks like, then how would you ever know what a fake was? Are you, are you following me? If somebody gave you Monopoly money, how would you know that it wasn't real? Well, because you know what a dollar bill looks like. Are you following me? So, so, so he loves to take a little, little lie smeared on some truth. So we're going to talk about this. I want, you to, want you to, I want to talk to you about what you hear in the fight. What you hear in the fight. Say, what you, say, say fight. I want to know what you hear in the fight. Um, if you don't know you're in a fight, then you won't approach the center of a ring with your hands up. Right? If, 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 if you're approaching a friend on the street, then you, then you won't put your hands up because he's a friend. But see, we're going to see this principle at work because Eve in the garden didn't know that she was in a fight. So what she heard in a fight was completely different than what she should have. Romans 10.8 says, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith we proclaim. If this is the word of God right here, this lovely cup of tea that I've got, then, 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 then we don't have to strive for it. We don't have to be good enough for it. God already declared us that way. It's near us. We don't have to grovel. We don't have to beg. We don't have to learn more. No, no, no. We have to know it to be able to use it, but it's right there for us. The Bible says it's near you. You can choose to, to, to pick up whatever word you want in your life to deal with situations and circumstances, but the word of God is the only thing that's going to bring victory and transformation. Are you following me? It's near you. It, it, it's near you. You don't have to strive. You don't have to reach. You don't have to strain. You don't have to jump. You don't have to go on a scavenger hunt. You don't got to figure out the matrix. You just have to know how to use it. You got to know it to use it. And here's the problem. For most of us, it's not that we can't reach for it. Some of us might feel like we got to earn it. But for most of us, we're so dialed out. We're not on the right frequency. We don't even know that it's there. We're, we're looking for other things to deal with problems that are inherently spiritual. So we're going, oh, you know, maybe I just need to go do this. Maybe I just need to go that. Maybe you just need to read the Bible. Maybe you just need to hear what God says about it. Maybe you just need to get in the community of faith and let some people encourage you. Maybe you just need to be real and authentic and go, this is where I am and I'm in church and I can talk about it. It's not that it's not there. Most people just don't bother to check it out. And the reality is, as a church, if you know it, then you can use it. If you know it, then you can use it. Eve didn't know it. Well, she didn't use it. In Genesis, the serpent said to the woman, did God really say, you must not eat the, tree, the fruit from any of the trees. You'll not, you'll not surely die. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God, knowing good and evil. And, and most of us know this passage so well that we tune out. We don't really get the implication of what's being done here. When the woman saw, so I want you to first start with the said, and then you, then you have a saw. It says, the, the Bible says the serpent said, and then the woman saw. See what happened there? We missed it when we read it, because we were worried about the fruit and what it was. Was it an apple? Was it a mango? What was it? It doesn't say it was an apple, right? But, but hear me now. We miss the, most the two most important words. He said, she saw. 
What did I say before? If you can hear it, then you can see it. That was the title of last week's message. If you can hear it, then you can see it. He, she heard, so she saw. He spoke, so she saw. She didn't see it until she heard it, church. Hear me. She really didn't see it and contemplate it as a reality until she heard it. So, so part of the challenge is the, 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 what you have to do is de- de- decide what frequency you're going to tune into. Because most of us got a lot of static going on. We got other voices going on. But there's a frequency of heaven. And it's written in the Bible that led by the Holy Spirit that you need to tune into. And if you hear it, then you'll say it and you'll see it. See, see, she heard it. So she saw it. Wrong frequency around the tree. We can talk all about that. We're not going to today. We don't have that much time to do that. But there's always two voices and they listen to the wrong frequency, the wrong voice. Have you ever tried to listen to two people speaking at the same time? It's maddening. Children have an inherent knack for it. Right? It's so frustrating. Usually I have to tell one to be quiet and wait until the other voice has stopped so I can hear. Anybody with me there? Come on. All the parents. All the parents of toddlers. Yeah. So here's the deal. I wonder if Eve had to silence one voice in order to hear another. I wonder what voice is quiet but there that we got to silence so we can hear the other one. You want me to do the altar call now or we want to wait? We want to get through the rest? Okay. Listen, listening to two voices will always cause confusion. That's why it's division, right? Two visions, division, right? So we're hearing two different things. We weren't designed to listen to more than one voice at a time, even though you got two ears. Double hearing. I need to hear, I need to double hear one voice. I need it all around me. I need it in spatial audio. I need it everywhere. I need it in surround sound. See, see, what you hear in the fight is important. And if you don't know you're in one, then you'll hear the wrong thing, which means you'll see the wrong thing. And guess what? Then you'll get the wrong thing. Too often, we get the wrong thing. So that's what you hear in the fight. Now let's talk about what you hear in the light or in the sight. Uh, after Jesus had risen from the dead, in Luke 24, two guys, or one probably Clovis, we don't know, but two guys were walking on the road to Emmaus. And the Bible says that they start talking, Jesus appears and starts walking with them. Now I want you to see this. Here's two disciples that they're walking with Jesus and they don't even know that they're walking with Jesus. And I think that's a lot of us a lot of times. We take him for granted. We don't recognize him. We're blinded by our own problems, our own situations, our own grief. But Jesus is walking with these guys. The resurrected Christ, the one with a glorified body is walking with them. Are you hearing me? They don't recognize him. They start talking to Jesus about Jesus. They say he was a prophet. He did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. We had hoped. 
Listen to this. We had hoped that he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. I don't have time to get into that. That's so we could unpack all of that. But we had hoped like they had given up hope. This all happened three days ago. So it's just three days ago that this happened. They're three days removed from the resurrection. Then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early in the morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see and sure enough, his body was gone just as the woman had said. Notice they didn't say he had resurrected. They said his body was gone. Anybody with me? Uh Uh-oh. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people. Uh Uh-oh. You find it, what? So hard to believe all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. All that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus, he, he went to school. He took them to school. He said, then he took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from the, all the scriptures and the things concerning himself. These guys had a belief problem, church. They didn't mix the word with faith. So they're going, well, we had hoped that he was the one who was to come. Jesus probably about to smack them silly. Just going to be honest. He did all these great things. He was this. He was that. Jesus going, yep, I sure was. And, and they're going, but, they, they, but, but then some women told us that his body was gone. And sure enough, it was gone. And Jesus is like, what? You, don't, you didn't say resurrected? You don't say resurrected? And, and Jesus is going, don't you understand it was written? Why are you having such a hard time believing this? You didn't mix it with faith, so you didn't get anything from it. You didn't mix it with faith, so you're still stuck in your grief. Uh-oh. You still, see, and that's why we can come to church, we can read the Bible, we can, we can, we can have prayer session, we can, we can flow in the gifts, and we're still stuck in the same place. You know why? Because until you recognize Jesus, submit to Jesus, acknowledge Jesus, and go, you are who you said you, who you were, the, you're the fulfillment of all the scriptures, and the power of God can flow through you then we're not going to get it. They had a belief problem, church. The answer was standing right in front of them. What do you hear in the sight? When you're just walking through life, doing your thing, here's the, here's the reality. The scriptures will always instill faith. Jesus took them through the scriptures, told them everything about himself. They said to each other, listen, listen to what they said in 2432. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us? As he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us, here's the thing. Be careful because your spirit gets it even when your mind doesn't. Your spirit understands it even when your mind is unaware of it. Stop fighting the eternal part of you and respond to God. Don't worry about how smart you are and what you know and how you'll look in front of people and what will happen. Just go, if Jesus is in the room, if he's walking with me, then I need him. I'm gonna mix his word with my faith. I'm gonna get a product of what he's done in my life. I'm gonna have a breakthrough. I'm gonna have a release. I'm gonna have a healing. I'm gonna have a miracle. I'm gonna have something touch my life. Heaven is gonna come down, but I will not. disbelief. He said it in his word, so it's true. 
They were walking with Jesus and were still stuck in grief. Church, I can tell you, so many people are stuck where they're at because they're walking with him, but they don't benefit from his company. And the thing that, the thing that unlocks it is when my faith mixes with his word in simple obedience. I'm not talking about his body ain't there. What the what? Jesus said, you foolish people. You foolish people. You're disciples. You've heard the women talk to you. You've heard the men talk to you. I told you. I told you this was coming. The scriptures told you this was coming. What, I fulfill every scripture? And you're still walking around, kicking dirt on a seven-mile walk to Emmaus? Don't recognize standing in front of you, the resurrected Messiah. Isn't that amazing? That even then, we go, man, we have such a hard time believing. Even then, the disciples had such a hard time believing. Just could that possibly be? That just doesn't make sense. See, and here's what I want to end with on you. What you hear in the night. What you hear in the night. We heard what you hear in the fight. We heard what you hear in the light. Now let's hear what you, what you hear in the night. Mark 16. Later, Jesus appeared to the 11 as they were eating. He did what? Rebuked them for their lack of faith. Not for their fear. Not for their lack of understanding. Not because they didn't know enough. Not because they were sinners. He rebuked them for what? Their lack of faith. And their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen him after he had risen. You know, sometimes there's got to be a correction before there's a commission. Everybody wants to be commissioned, but we don't want to be corrected. We want to be sent, but we don't want to be told. Sometimes God's got to revise something before he can release something in our life. Come on, come on. You've got to revise something before he releases something. He's got to do a little work in us before he can, he can release what he wants to do in our life. Stubborn refusal means hardness of heart. You know where it's used most frequently about divorce? When, when the disciple, when the, when the Pharisees are questioning Jesus and he says that Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard heart. But it was not this way from the beginning. It's not what God originally intended. You know, hard heart there is the exact same word as stubborn refusal. Sclerocardia. Literally, hardness of heart. Can't pump can't respond, can't breathe, can't push life. You hearing what I'm saying today? That there was, listen, if you don't mix the word with faith, you'll get hard-hearted. If you don't mix the word with faith, you'll get so used to hearing the word and not responding to it and not benefiting from it that it'll harden your heart. And that's why God tells Ezekiel, I'll take out of them a hard heart and put in, in them a heart of flesh, a heart that's responsive. So many times the Israelites had done this, and God's speaking to them. The women had come and told the, the 11, because Judas is gone, told the 11, Jesus is alive. His body ain't there. I saw an angel. And, and Jesus had told him and told him and told him, and yet none of them believed. In fact, the Bible says that, 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 that Mary, who had had seven demons cast out of her, saw him first. 
she went to the disciples who were grieving and weeping, and they did not believe her. Peter even jumped up, ran to the tomb, saw the empty tomb, saw the linens folded neatly, and he walked out wondering what had happened, the Bible said. What do you mean, what happened? He rose from the dead. That's what happened. You saw the empty tomb. He said it. Angels literally appeared and told people. Yet there's the power. See, they rejected the story, so they rejected Jesus in the story. They rejected the account of Mary, so they rejected Jesus, because Jesus is manifest in the story. Hear me. How do you overcome the evil one? By the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. There's a testimony. There's a power in your story. There's a power in what Jesus has done in your life. And when people reject that, they reject him, not you. They reject the grace that can be afforded to them. They, they, they reject the power that comes through that. They reject the very manifest presence of God in the story. And the telling of the experience of another person. Why would Jesus rebuke them for not believing another person? Well, because that person's account was based upon what he had already told them in the scriptures. He said, he said that he would die. In fact, if you look at Matthew 17, 22 and 23, he told them that he would die and the disciples were filled with grief. Grief somehow limited them from either realizing or receiving what God wanted to do. See, what you hear is important, but what you discern is also important. You've got to mix it with faith. Church, do not walk out of your devotional life. Do not walk out of, of, of church and go, oh my gosh, you know, that was great, and not mix it with faith. You go, well, how do I mix it with faith? You, you say yes, you say amen, you say I believe it, God, you say I receive it, God, you say I'm going to obey it, God, and you let him do the rest. You let the word do the work. Let the word do the work. You know, right before he told the disciples he would die, the disciples were trying to, 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 to save a demoniac kid who, was, who, was, who had demons, and they couldn't, they couldn't cast the demons out. Jesus comes down from the mountain, casts the demons out. They looked at him and said, why couldn't we do this? He said, because you have so little faith. Come on, even if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be removed. It'll be cast into the, ocean, into the sea. Nothing will be impossible for you. That's what he told them right before he said, now I'm going to go to the cross. Why would, why would he tell them that right after that encounter? You want to know why? What's harder to believe? That a, that a boy could be set free? Or that the God of all creation would die for us and rise again? It's a faith issue. It's a faith issue. What you hear has a lot to do with what you say. And, 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 if I, and what you say is established by God. God honors what you say, even though he doesn't like it, even though it might go against his will, even though it might go against his word. There ain't no hope for this marriage, okay? That's not my plan. That's not my will. That's not my desire. Okay. I'm never going to get out of debt. Okay. I called you the head and not the tail, above and not below. I called, said that you'll, that you'll lend to many and borrow from none. But okay. Okay. I guess this is it for me. This is terminal. Okay. 
I said I, I sent my word and healed their disease, but okay. By, his stri by my stripes you are healed, but okay. I don't know what you want to partner with, but I certainly don't want to partner with a frequency that isn't from heaven. Why are we acknowledging what we should be fighting? Why are we setting as the foundation what we should be fighting? Come on. Could we just for a minute evaluate our mouth and say, God, I want to speak the language of heaven. I want to, <laughs> I want to believe in your word so much and that you're so good because your word is just a reflection of who you are. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That the Word is just a reflection of who He is. That, that, that I believe that you are so good. I believe that your Word is so true. I think I just, if I can't, I'm not going to say anything unless it's what you desire. I'm not going to say anything that doesn't line up with your word. I'm not out of frustration, out of anger, out of complacency, out of, out of, out of just frustration, out of discouragement. I would rather put a muzzle on my mouth than speak something that goes against your heart, your purpose, your plan for my life because the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. Come on. Now, the world will tell you, go, go, go do whatever. It's so natural to just fire off. So natural to just fire off. Let it, let it rip. But, but, but can I say, if we begin to tune in to a different frequency, then what comes naturally will be what comes out of his word for your life. And God will begin to unlock something. I'm not talking about naming it and claiming it and all of that. I'm talking about legitimately trusting in God. Would you bow your heads with me today? Father God, I thank you. We, de we determined to move into a different frequency, the frequency of heaven. Father, we determined to declare your will, your word, and your praises in our lives. If you're in this place today, you're watching online, you know that you have not surrendered your life to Jesus. I want you to say this prayer with me and come into a relationship with him, into abundant and eternal life. Say, dear God, Forgive me of my sin. I turn from it. I turn to you. Jesus, I make you my Lord and Savior. I believe you paid a price I couldn't. I believe you rose from the dead. You conquered death and hell. Today I receive abundant and eternal life as I make you my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me, cleansing me, giving me a new start. I'll serve you all my days. In Jesus' name. Heads bowed eyes because you said that prayer you meant in your heart right now. I just want you to raise your hand nice and high.